0: Welcome to the Man City Show, it's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and it's Blue Monday. Manchester City have lost two games in a week, dumped out of the Carabao Cup by Southampton midweek, and then beaten in the league by Stretford at the weekend. City have had one shot on target in those two games. Arsenal win again, and are now eight points clear ahead after 18 games. So what's gone wrong? Some have suggested that the introduction of Haaland has made City a worse team. Why are City so slow and indirect? We may, not have, we may not make top four, some are suggesting. Or is it, come on, we're not going to win every game in every competition forever, and we've still got Arsenal to play twice? Oh, and there's a controversial offside to have a chat about as well. Uh, to discuss that, I've got three blues. Welcome to Lisa Rabinowitz, Steve Cox, and Tony Newgrosh, welcome, one and all, all looking miserable as sin Hi Nigel Hi
1: Nigel
0: Hi Nigel Right Tony, let's start with the offside, I think let's get that out of the way Stretford's first goal, changed the game, offside Assistant flagged, after a quick chat, referee gave it, get on with it Discuss, Tony Newgrosh, welcome to the Man City show
3: outrageous is all i can say no i'm just completely and utterly bemused by this one it justifies all logic it shows the referees they don't understand the rules and they don't understand the game there is not a person in this universe who could argue that mr rashford did not interfere with Akanji with edison's decision and did not even change the whole flow of that move it's simply just outrageous Have you seen the sky sports where they've hidden Rashford behind a green piece of turf. You can see a Kanji is approximately two yards from the ball. And that annoying little Portuguese scorer was about eight yards away. And he clearly would have got there if it wasn't for the fact there was a player in between. Now, my United supporting colleague, I won't call him a friend at work. He's from South Manchester, very South Manchester. In fact, Stanmore in North London. But that's where most of them come from. He very kindly sent me the offside rule. So, Forgive me. I know you've got other guests, but shall we, are you happy for me to quickly run through it, Mr. Rothband, as as a referee? Please, a yeah, I'm,
0: an, just, just, just I'm going through I'm, anyhow. Just just, just so you, I'm, I'm keeping my powder dry here, as you've probably okay. noticed, and, and I will give you my view for what it's <coughs> worth. Um, not surprisingly, uh, as a city fan and as a referee. So please, for just just to be clear, it's the law. I think you, you the don't law. mean the rule. You don't mean the Sorry. rule, do you? mean talking. I've about already rule,
3: been just... picked up on this by a referee today, yes, it is good. So so, is so you are talking correct. about the
0: law. Good. So the give law. us the law. Please, Tony, over to you. A
3: player is in an offside position at the moment the ball is played, yeah, Mm -hmm. dot, 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 or I'm becoming active in play by interfering with play by playing or touching a ball passed or touched to him by a teammate. Didn't do that. I'll give him that. Or interfering with an opponent, that sounds a bit nefarious, by preventing an opponent from playing or being able to play the ball by clearly obstructing the opponent's line of vision or challenging for a ball. Didn't do that. Clearly attempting to play the ball, which is close when his action impacts on the opponent, or making an obvious action which clearly impacts on the ability of an opponent to play the ball. Now, how many more of those do we need to see that Mr Ashford, lovely man as he is, apart from being a tax avoider, but we'll save that one for another day as well, he clearly impeded a kanji playing the ball because of VAR let's not even go there Nigel the linesmen now keep their flags down so Edison had to assume that Rashford was onside and therefore positioned himself to save the ball from Rashford before our friendly little Portuguese player came round and Fernandes put the ball in the back of the net from a completely different angle I cannot see any basis on which anyone apart from that pie-eyed Peter Walton on BT Sport could argue that he wasn't interfering with play And even to have three pundits on Match of the Day, all agreeing, and I have to admit, I wouldn't normally watch Match of the Day in such circumstances, but I was livid. He was offside. It changed the game. It was a disgraceful decision and they should have the balls to put up the flag and keep the flag up at Old Trafford. But you saw they had, what, a 30-second conversation? Did he touch the ball? No. That's as far as the conversation went. They don't understand the rules, and it's just we were robbed of three points. That was a game we were clearly going to. Should I have a lie down now?
0: And just a reminder, they're laws, not rules. So so listen, Steve, welcome to the Tony Newgross Show. Uh, just your, your thoughts then, uh, we've we've heard Tony uh, in no doubt in his mind. Uh, do you, what do you want to add from your perspective? It's a bit, listen, let's be honest, it, we've allowed Tony to do it, it's been really helpful to hear the law read out. This is a big deal for us. It changed the game uh, and meant from City being in a, in a winning position, not looking in too much trouble there, then went on to lose the game. So it's 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 had a lot of column inches as well, lots on social media. We we want to hear your view as well, Steve.
1: OK, so um, I have to laud Tony for his monologue. That's probably the longest monologue he's actually done in the whole of the Man City show ever. But I cannot find any reason to disagree with every point that Tony has just made there. I've read several reports today with ex-league referees all saying that that should have been given as offside. Because if Rashford's not interfering with play, what is he actually doing there? He's in a kanji's way, he's in Edison's line of sight. It also impacts on Walker coming across from that side as well because he thinks they're gonna deal with it. The Rashford problem that is. But if, if that law is being interpreted that way, then it's too spurious and written too in too complicated a way for people to actually understand and and needs changing but i I preferred the days when offside was offside i don't care about being active being passive what have you if you're beyond the line of the ball you're offside end of
0: lisa welcome back it's been a while it's a good week for you to come back
1: yeah i'm sorry it's all my fault
2: um Yeah, obviously, I I completely agree with with Tony and Steve. I, I, I was desperately trying to find someone to explain to me that we were wrong and we'd missed the point. And I found some nonsense about the law can only be interpreted in a way when you're looking at what the physical reaction of a player is and not what their mental intention might be. And I was reading this thinking, how desperate are people to try and find a reason why this was not given as offside if we're going down that route half the decisions a referee makes can't be made if you don't know what someone's intention is I mean that's just absolute nonsense um I, I don't know whether this is something you've ever come across Nigel but as the first I've heard of not knowing what a person's intention is being a reason to not follow the law um yeah I I just honestly I've not heard anything that convinces me that 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 wasn't offside and sorry that that was offside no i'm getting myself confused here now um but i i just if if it's at the point where we think it's the law is written in an inappropriate way is it not just time to apply some common sense who in their right mind looks at that and thinks that is okay That he's not interfering with the defenders or the goalkeeper it's ridiculous and um, have we had an apology? I don't think we're going to get one. Are right. we? Can,
1: can I uh, add uh, at this point, Lisa? That you, you were talking about the intention of Rashford. I think until Fernandez actually interjects and says something, I think Rashford's every intention was to try and spank the ball in the back of the net and hope he wasn't but, offside.
2: Oh, uh, people were talking about actually the intention of the city defence or the city goalkeeper. Like we don't like we can't know what their reaction to Rashford being there or not being there would be. I mean, I've never no. honestly. It's like it's like the most ridiculous. Thing Trying to hear people get find a way to, to justify this decision. is insane.
3: I mean, even Ten Hag, in his fairly pathetic attempt to justify, said Rashford was clever. He confused the defenders. Well, if that's not
1: interfering with them, I don't know what is. But defending him, he actually did say that if a goal like that had been given against him, he would have not been happy with it. So, therefore, that is in the way saying that he didn't think it should have been a goal.
0: Yeah. Let me put this to you then. Kyle Walker is overlapping down the right wing. He crosses. Grealish steps over it, a bit like Mr Ashford did, and Harlan comes from behind and slams it into the goal. We'd all be sitting there saying goal. All you City fans with your sky blue spectacles on would all say, it's a goal. You're only saying this because you're City fans and it lost you the game. Lisa? There
2: are, there are, there are many occasions which I have said, when decisions have gone our way that if I had been on the opposition side that I would not be happy with that I have no problem in saying when I think we were lucky or we shouldn't have got away with it I and I like I would like to think that if that was the case this time around it had been the she would been on the other foot then I would be saying that that was ridiculous I have many a time said that about some of these offside decisions don't like the way VAR is used for offside in general. And uh, and so yeah, I, I I disagree with that. I I honestly think I would say that's ridiculous. Mm.
0: Anybody want to add anything to that, Steve or Tony? Can't I? I can't add anything to that other
1: than I would have agreed. I, you know, I, I live with a United fan, and she felt that it should have been um, offside. <laughs>
0: Let yeah, me give you my good. let me give you my view, and, and it's a word I've used a lot, and I'm feeling a bit like an old record because I've kind of trying to wear two hats here. Kind of, I'm trying to be sort of play devil's advocate a bit. I like to get a reaction from you. Uh, I'm a referee, as you know, certainly not on the Premier League. Uh, the league I do is uh, is not quite at that level, let's say. But yeah, I still still enjoy it. It's all about what it's about opinion, and we've had this conversation so many times. The ten years I've been doing this show, you're all nodding in agreement. It's about opinion. And there are so many times, and this is why I said VAL wouldn't work if you remember all those months ago when I said it's just about opinion. And at the time, in real time, the referee and his assistant had a conversation, albeit briefly, and felt that actually he didn't prevent anything from going on. He didn't touch the ball and he didn't prevent all the things that Tony read out and therefore it's a goal. And that was I their just... opinion. And that, hold on Tony, we listened to you for bloody twenty minutes. So give me three minutes. Yeah. So that is at the time that was their opinion. Now, probably all of us, most right-minded people, will disagree with that. But that's the beauty of football. Centre forwards make have an opinion, take a view, make mistakes. Goalkeepers, every position, we're all in a split second. Make you know taking a view, making making a decision at the time. And that was their opinion at the time. Now, of course, we all believe it's wrong. I've, one or two people have said, yeah, he probably wasn't interfering. He didn't touch the ball. He didn't prevent anything. Therefore, it's a goal. But, of course, most like-minded people would not agree with that. But it's about opinion, and their opinion says it's a goal. Tony, you were going to say something.
3: I respectfully disagree with my learning colleague and, and referee. I don't think they did have that full conversation, Nigel. If you watch the linesman, he put his flag up, and as soon as the United players went up, to him, he went, I know you didn't touch the ball. And that was the only thing I could see that they considered. They did not go through the rules, and no one could say they did they discuss, did he make an obvious action which clearly impacts on the ability of an opponent to play the ball? It did. And frankly, VAR can't intervene there. The number of times VAR has interfered on the most petty pedantic points, and here is a subjective matter, and they could have at least said, you know what, have a look at it from another angle. Have a look at where Edison is looking. You tell me if he was interfered with. And if they looked at all the angles and discussed it, then I would have respect for your opinion, Nigel, that they had at least made a decision, and it's subjective. But I think they bottled it. They were interfered to by the crowd. They don't understand the rules. And as I say, they clearly don't understand the game if they don't think. and They've even seen Rashford actually lifts his foot back to shoot before he gets a call from Fernandez, who says, I'll take it. Was he clearly attempting to play the ball, which is close, which impacts on an opponent? There's no other way you can interpret that. So, look, it doesn't change anything. The frustration is I thought we were magnificent in the second half. We really worked our way back in the game and we lost three points. And yes, it did, you're right. I think it was going against Leeds a couple of years ago. We got the benefit of a dubious offside decision. It happens, I get it, but it's still not right.
0: Steve, Tony says we were magnificent in the second half. We've had two shots on goal in, sorry, one shot on target in two games. We're having lots of possession, but we're not creating any chances, and we've lost two games in a week. So I don't think we're that magnificent, are we?
1: We, I don't know what the problem is at the moment. We, we seem to be very ponderous in possession. We seem to be building up for forever. Nobody seems to want to be taking the risk. When they do take the risk, they're trying to put it through a gap that doesn't exist. It's just there's nothing firing at the moment. We're not sometimes being direct enough, which with Haaland, that actually does enable us to be more direct, I've noticed that he has started coming back into midfield now to try and receive the ball a bit more often because he probably feels out of play. But I think we just need to pass our possession a little bit quicker and be a bit more direct. Sometimes people are starting to work it out that if we're going to pass it this way, pass it that way. You shuffle across, you shuffle back, you shuffle. They're packing their defences and we're struggling to break them down. I think Liverpool are actually experiencing a similar kind of issue or have been most of this season. So I don't know how Pep solves this puzzle, but, We've not really played particularly well since the Brentford game. I think prior to the Brentford game, we were playing okay. We were doing all right and things seemed to be clicking. The Brentford game seemed to knock us out of our patch. We never got back into our swing before the World Cup started. They've come back from the World Cup. There's too many players, missed too much football and not really been together that much. And I, I just think we're off at the moment. We're out of sorts. And I don't know why, but we are.
0: And what's your view, Lisa? We are ponderous. We are slow. Lots of prote- lots of possession, and as Steve rightly says, it's been a while since we've been on top of our game.
2: Yeah, and it, it's one of the reasons. Like, obviously, we've talked about what happened with the offside decision, and I and clearly that happened. But also, what's happening is we aren't playing well, and I think that's the only thing we can do anything about. And I. there's a lot of fixation on the offside decision and I hope I'm quite sure that won't be what's happening at the club I hope not because they need to do something about the way we're playing I you know the way we play is completely built on quick precise passing obviously no team wants to be passing to the opposition every five minutes but it's our entire way of doing things is that and we aren't doing it so I don't know what the answer is I think The problem seems to me to be that two of our main players involved in that, in creating these things for us, Foden and De Bruyne, are not playing well at the moment. I know De Bruyne created the goal for Grealish, and obviously he has that ability to do that. But I think that he needs to be taken out of the team at the moment because I think our overall play is reliant on him and he's not doing it so what do we need to change maybe that's what we need to change maybe both him and Foden don't know what's going on Don't know if there's anything more to it who knows we're not there um I it's something's just not working I feel we're not we're probably not getting the best out of Bernardo in that kind of situation he's having to play much deeper because clearly we've got a bit of I, I don't know what it is hesitance something from the From right at the back, because even Edison's kicking has been a bit shocking. Like, there's just, everything just doesn't seem to be quite right. So I don't know how he fixes it, but he needs to do something because it's not working at the moment. And and to lots of people, that might seem extremely ridiculous. We can't win every match. I get that. But there's clearly something not quite right. We watch this team all the time, and it doesn't look like the way we have become used to seeing a Guardiola team
1: play. I agree. And and I think at the moment, for me, you, you look back to last week's game against Southampton and the best player in the second half was Rico Lewis. He was the only one that seemed to be making this tick. He had the pace of the game right. He was connecting people. He was bringing the ball into midfield. He was moving into midfield. He was interchanging with people. He was putting through balls in for people to follow. And I, I don't know why, but De Bruyne, Bernardo, Rodri, Grealish... Walker, Cancelo just look a bit weird at the moment they just don't look like they've even played together they, they, they don't look like they've met each other they don't look like they even know each other they, they're passing, you know, last weekend I was sat there during the week at the Southampton game and I was looking at it and thinking, we're the people in the black and green stripes not, not we haven't got a red stripe down the front the number of times we passed directly to a Southampton player, we lost the, the first goal due to that I it's just an absolute shambles at the moment
0: uh, yeah, we were in hoops, by the way, not stripes. you know, hoops, yeah, stripes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tri- law, hoops. laws, you know, rules, laws, stripes, <coughs> hoops. Who cares tonight? Yeah, this week, it's, it's all over the place. Uh, Tony, Lisa Rabinovitz has not been on this show for weeks. She turns up and says to Pep, drop Kevin De Bruyne. Can you respond, please? Is she right?
3: <laughs> <coughs> well, my glass is half full, actually. I, I bear in mind everything that everyone said about Southampton. I thought we were absolutely awful. We were, it was the worst performance I've seen from us in 10 years. I think the only way I can commend them is if Pepper told them to throw that game. They did it magnificently. Um, I was really worried after that. I thought that's a team that the manager has lost. And I thought there was something seriously wrong. But I thought on Sunday, I thought a lot of them stepped up to the plate. I thought Rodri was magnificent on Sunday. Uh, Cancelo and Walker looked much better. Not quite back to the best. I hear what you say about De Bruyne. Maybe he does need a break. You know, he's gone straight through the World Cup and that was disappointing for him. But what an assist that was. What a fantastic ball. Grealish, for the first time, £100 million impact player. Came on, influenced the game, scored the goal. So for me, there were lots of positives. And I think, look, as we said, one horrendous decision. Apart from that, we'd have walked away, I think, with three thoroughly well-deserved points. So, no, we're not quite firing on all cylinders, but that was a huge step forward. That was a tough place to go. You know, United are meant to be the informed team, and they had, yeah, 29% possession. I hear you. Possession isn't everything. But the second half, we were really, I thought, building up ahead of steam, and that was a thoroughly well-deserved goal. So we were unlucky, and we'll take it. But, you know, I hope maybe that's the wake-up call. Maybe that will just incentivise us. And you know what, maybe we can't win the league every year We'll have to see, but Kevin, look He will get rotated out of the team, that's the way Pep likes to do it But he did alright for me
0: He did alright for you On that, we're going to take a break When we come back, we're going to talk about Harland And see if uh, he's the problem And we're going to discuss that straight after the break We took it all We brought them to our land
3: An endless night
0: Welcome back, Lisa. Some have argued that uh, we played with a false nine and won the Premier League last year. Uh, Haaland, of course, was on our shopping list for a while. He's arrived, hit the deck running, had a fantastic impact. But actually, some have argued that City are a worse team with Haaland in it. How do you respond to that when people say that? Well, they
1: weren't
2: saying that a couple of weeks ago and he scored 20 however many goals in however many games. I mean, that's nonsense. People are just always looking for some um, something to complain about, which you might say is a weird thing for someone like me to say. Um, but um, look, when we when we were playing with a false nine and still winning the Premier League, but everyone said we'd be even better and win the Champions League if we had a striker, so City must go and get Haaland, And all I could think was, but that's going to have to change the way we play. So it's not that straightforward. And here we are. So I'm not saying that that means we're a worse team with Haaland. Um, I think what's going on at the moment is absolutely nothing to do with Haaland. If everything else was clicking, he would be scoring goals because the balls would be getting to him. They're not getting to him because everything else isn't clicking. When it was, he was scoring goals. So I think it's a very simplistic argument Do I think we maybe need to change it sometimes when it isn't working with him there? Yeah, of course we do. And maybe Alvarez needs to get more an opportunity every now and again. But this is difficult. He's not a play. um, Haaland's not going to play every other match, is he? He's not come to City to sit on the bench. No one's that naive. Um, But I don't think it's anything to do with him. And I don't think it's fair to judge or to start making these ridiculous comments for the last five or six matches where we haven't been amazing to start throwing this around. Thankfully, I think he's a kind of character that would ignore this kind of stuff. But um, I think it's about the whole. I don't think it's about one player. I don't think it's just Harlan's come in and it's all gone to pot. It's just...
0: It's Steve, Steve, can you construct an argument that says that Haaland has has changed the way City play and yes, obviously, as Lisa rightly pointed out scored a lot of goals in not many games but actually, it does change the team and, and actually, when we're not quite ticking it's it's maybe a bit of a problem and maybe we should, she's suggesting KDB takes a rest maybe we should try Alvarez instead of drop KDB and Haaland, there you go there's the answer, maybe that's what it's all about
1: no, I, I, I think it has changed the way we play a bit, or well, it needs to be slightly different to incorporate Haaland I'm not suggesting that for one minute that you could take last year's team, chuck Haaland in it and suddenly everything's going to work and be all flowery, I agree with Lisa on the fact that a few weeks ago, prior to the World Cup, prior to the Brentford game, he was firing on all cylinders, as were the team They were creating opportunities for him and he was finishing them, it's just at the moment the opportunities aren't there, it's not anything to do with Haaland it's not anything to do with the way that Haaland is playing or the fact that we have to play a slightly different way for Haaland we are just not creating those clear opportunities and some of it seems to be that we're getting blocked close to the close to the area we're not part not always passing the ball quickly we're not always passing it into space and we're not always necessarily maneuvering around to make use of that space Haaland quite often is in a position where he could receive a ball and actually do something with it like scoring but it's not always getting to him, as Lisa says. And I, I I think that a lot of it is down to the way we're playing as a team. Some of it's just down to slight changes. We're probably clicking at maybe 90% at the moment. And we need to be hitting 100% if we're actually going to hit the form that would win us a championship, as we have done in the past. Pet keeps saying about, you know, we have to be near perfect. We have to really hit, hit the ground running. We put four past Chelsea. They're quite poor at the moment. You know, So really, you, you have to argue that's probably the only one bright spot in the last month or so. But in that game, we actually rotated the squad a little bit, and I think we saw the benefit of it. Maybe it is time for De Bruyne to have a bit of a rest. Maybe it's time for Bernardo to put his boots on the side for a bit and, and give someone else a go. Perhaps it's time to bring some of the blood in from the youth team and, and give them a bit of a run at it as well, to put a bit more energy into it. And that's the bit I think we're probably lacking at times, is, is energy.
0: Tony, how do you see the Haaland situation? What spin do you want to put on it?
3: It was interesting on Sunday, wasn't it? There were a number of times you made some very good runs and the ball never came. And I think you got a little bit frustrated with that. Um, we seem to be very much focused on that sort of intricate passing game. It was interesting, wasn't it? first game of the season, wasn't it, against West Ham away? Beautiful through ball he ran onto. We need to mix up our game a little bit more. Uh, I think there was a there's a slight lack of confidence in the squad, isn't there? To find him with those balls, but also, you know, I don't think we can ignore the fact that Phil had a, a very quiet game on Sat on Sunday. Sorry, and we need him to link up more with with our six foot four striker, who frankly should have been bullying Shaw all day long, but it just never happened. So, yeah, it's it's disappointing. I don't look. I don't think we should worry too much about the Southampton game. I think we had, we were very unlucky at the end of the day on Sunday and it will come. But there's clearly work to be done on the training ground and clearly there's a couple of players there who just might need a, a game out of the firing line. But, you know, teams will always try different things and sometimes it will work against us. But listen, yeah, we put four past Chelsea, we've put three past Liverpool. It's not been awful. It's just not been quite at the extraordinarily high standards that we've expected from this team over the past few years.
0: So let's build on your positivity then, Tony. And as I said at the in the introduction to the show, that we've still got to play Arsenal twice. Uh, are you of the opinion then that sort of win those two games and go on a winning run, find a bit more form, play the ball a bit quicker, Harland gets a bit of form? We've Kevin De Bruyne, we put out to pastures to never play again in a sky blue shirt, as Lisa's suggesting. Um, and suddenly... Actually, it's on, or are you of the school of thought that says, do you know what, to be fair, Arsenal are unstoppable. It's probably just not our season. Uh, where do you sit on the Arsenal City for the title story?
3: I watched the uh, North London derby yesterday, and it's hard to know were Arsenal brilliant or were Ch- or Spurs completely awful and just saving themselves for Thursday night. Um, probably a combination of both. Arsenal got a very good habit of, of winning. I haven't been blown away by them this season. Um They're in a very fortunate position, aren't they? Eight points clear. They can afford to play for draws against us. It might be a bridge too far. But, you know, we've been here before, haven't we? We were seven points behind Liverpool when we hauled them in in the past. So I'm not completely giving up on the title. I don't think we're playing well enough at the moment to go on one of those runs. But it's not beyond us. And we'll see at the end of the season. You know, there's still the Champions League. There's still the FA Cup there is plenty to play for and we have a squad that is good enough of winning something and um, if we win anything we should be delighted so let's keep the faith
0: lisa how do you see it arsenal's title now nailed on would you say
2: no um i i think we could still win the league um i just don't feel like we've we're playing well enough at the moment but all it takes is for us to go on one of those runs that we've been on in the past and then then we probably would win it um, I think we're capable of it if everything just clicks back into place. Um, but we do need to be, I think we would need to be near perfect now. We do need one of those win 17 matches on the bounce kind of situations, which doesn't look that likely right now. Um, I think we do need to beat Arsenal twice. Um, I, and But actually, to be perfectly honest with you, the first thing we need to do is beat Spurs on Thursday.
0: We'll we'll come on to that in a second. Uh, Steve, just before we move on to Spurs, just your thoughts on Arsenal and, and the run that they're on and the likelihood of us catching them?
1: Well, there's always a chance. Um, Arsenal don't look infallible. They do look a little bit creaky at the back still. Um, and I think on our day, we ought to be able to get two games over them and draw them in a bit. And once you've managed to do that, I think there's always a chance you could end up overhauling them because, you know, they in the past have always had a fragile confidence. There's nothing to say that they won't continue and all have a fragile confidence this year. They've been missing Jesus for quite some time. There's nothing to say that Enketia will be able to carry that all the way through. He doesn't look to necessarily be firing that well at the moment. So... I think there's every chance we could reel them in, but then we've got to be a bit... I know we talk about going on a run, and I agree, that's the only way we're going to do it, but the reality of it is those runs are all built on one game at a time, and and I think, you know, the next focus has got to be the game on Thursday night, really.
0: So let's move to that then, Lisa. You, uh, uh, I've been amused by some of the comments on social media, and you've also... That on this week's show sort of indicated that Spurs are saving themselves to turn up and play like Brazil in the 1970s against us. And uh, that's always the danger, of course. Uh, it's a big game, isn't it, for City? I think this, after the run we've been on, you don't want to lose three on the trot, does he, Pep? I wouldn't have thought.
2: No, and I think it's probably also a big game for Spurs. I mean, they're having a bit of a torrid time as well. Um, and they always, in recent years... They're rubbish against everyone else we would like them to do a decent job against and look like world beaters against us. I think partly because we make them look like that. We just seem to collapse when they run at us. I mean, Son, when was the last time he scored? I don't know. You're going to tell me last week. But he's not had a great season. So I'm going to put some money on a hat trick on Thursday. Um, He, you know, it's just kind of setting itself up for that. Throughout my entire city supporting life, these kind of things have happened. Um, I would like it for it not to be the case on Thursday. It's, it's a really important game for us. And I think what we need to see from the players is a reaction to the, res- the last couple of results and whatever they feel about the injustice of what happened at Old Trafford. Um, and the best way to do that is to beat Spurs at home. Please, please, please. Please.
0: We need a reaction, Tony. How do you think Pep's going to set this up? Any thoughts? I mean, who's going to, I'll say this regularly, you know, I'm trying to second-guess Pep, of course, but what do you expect to see in terms of changes, lineup, tactics? Any thoughts ahead of the Spurs game?
3: It well, it's difficult to second-guess Pep, isn't it? No doubt. I suspect John Stones will come back in if he's fit. Um, I wouldn't expect too many changes. I think Grealish probably did enough to justify a starting berth. Mares may well drop down to the bench again. Um, Foden, yeah, he might take him out. I'd be very surprised if De Bruyne didn't play, notwithstanding uh, my learning colleagues' views. Um, and I think it's probably a good game for us because I think if, and I know it's a big if, but if we can beat Spurs, I think that positivity will be back. I think the fans will believe, the players will believe, and we can go from it from there. So it should be a good game. Um and I'm I'm I don't know quite why I'm so chipper this week, but I saw enough on Sunday to, to make me feel quite positive and what's the phrase about out of adversity. So yeah, I'm I'm. we're gonna do Spurs, mark my words.
0: So, Steve, this is always interesting. Lisa, I don't know how many Spurs are gonna score, but Son's gonna score three of them. Um so they may well have more. Tony's up for it big time. he's feeling positive. Where where are you sitting ahead of the Spurs game this week on Thursday night?
1: I just worry that we'll end up doing like we sometimes do against Spurs and keep losing the ball in transition and they'll get three goals and the three moves that they actually have all finished off by Son with passes from Kane that probably should have been playing for us but didn't and never worked out for it. And it's it's got that written all over it that's the negative side of my brain the positive side of my brain says that you know if we play the control position that we can play and we don't lose the ball in transition and we start creating chances for Haaland there's always a chance against Spurs because you know you look at what Arsenal did to them yesterday Arsenal beat them fast passing movements into the box Lloris has always got a ricket in his locker somewhere along the way you just have to slap the ball at him and he'll, he'll flap at it in some way shape or form and knock the ball into his net so you know, there's positives and negatives, and and actually, it's one of those games. I do not know which way it's going to go. I hope it goes City's way. It needs to go City's way. We can't afford for it not to go City's way. If it doesn't go City's way, you can almost guarantee we will not win the league this year. That's my that's my take from it. We'll be too far behind to, to do it. It's one of the games in hand that we actually do have and we need to make the most of it, as is one of the games against Arsenal. It's, we're kind of playing a bit of catch-up in some cases. We haven't even got to halfway through the season. So I really hope that we bring back some of the form that we had prior to the Brentford game.
0: And we've got a number of home games on the trot, of course, as we know. Uh, I won't look as far forward as the Arsenal Cup game, of course, which is Friday the 27th. But on Sunday, uh, we have Wolves visiting us. at a two o'clock kickoff, of course, on Sunday, Steve. Um, yeah. I guess a lot will depend on how we do against Spurs, of course. It's difficult to predict, but we've uh, not got another show. So we've got kind of two games to look forward to. Uh, your thoughts ahead of the Wolves game, then, before we finish?
1: I, I think Wolves are probably one of the most improved teams. This year, they seem to be coming back into a bit of form. You know, they, they removed the the manager, it's swapped him over, felt that was a little bit harsh on him, but it seems to have given them a bit of a fillip and they do seem to be playing quite well at the moment. Wolves, they're not an easy team to beat, to be honest with you. Um, and we'll have to have all our guile about us if we're going to. Um, I actually think we'll probably shade it against them. They do seem to choke against us a little bit. So I'm kind of hoping that we can really pull out a couple of performances over the next few days, bring our season back on
0: track. Well, I'm going to the, the uh, optimist next before I finish off with a pessimist. So, Tony Neugrush, um your thoughts ahead of the Wolves game, and we'll leave Lisa um, to have us all impaling ourselves on the bread knife before we go.
3: Um, yeah, they're not a bad team, are they? It was, what, a couple of years ago that they did us 2-0, and as if my day couldn't get any worse, I bumped into you at the Etihaders afterwards as well, didn't I, Nigel? So, um I remember the day well. So we'll have to play well to beat them, but again, I think you know, I don't see there's anyone really to fear in this league to be honest. United I thought proved nothing on Sunday uh, for all the talk of them being back. Arsenal I think are beatable and it'd be interesting to see what happens when they have a couple of injuries. And Spurs, yeah, bit of a bogey team, but that's I think this I think it's a good game for us because as I say, if we can if we can overcome that I think Pep should be saying there is nothing for you to fear in this division. Just go out there and have the confidence, find Haaland, get Phil on the ball, and we can still do this. And you know what? As I say, I've had more success with this club in the past 10 years than I could possibly have dreamed of in a lifetime. So I am quite sanguine about it. I just want to see some good football. And to me, if we can start that on Thursday with a great game, um, I'll be happy.
0: Um, so after that amazing optimism, we're going to finish the show uh, with Lisa Rabinitz's thoughts ahead of the game against Wolves uh, at uh, at the Etihad on Sunday.
2: Well, obviously we're going to beat Wolves oh. because we're going to beat Spurs despite Son's obvious hat-trick <laughs> um, because Haaland will get four. Um ah. I, I think what Tony, I completely agree with everything Tony said, I, and, and I said we can still win the league. I'm not a complete pessimist. I'm a realist, Nigel. <laughs> um, I, I think the problem is I don't feel as confident about the way we're playing at the moment that I have in the past. And and I, I agree that none of the other teams look incredible. Like I'm not watching them feeling this is the most wonderful football I've ever seen. And so fair play if they go on and win the league. I'm not thinking that about anybody. I know we are capable of that kind of football. So if we can start putting that back together, then then I have every confidence in us winning almost every game, and that makes me sound really arrogant. Hey, yeah. never mind.
0: Never mind. I'm off to tell Kevin De Bruyne of the news, Lisa. Uh, in the meantime, huge thanks to Tony Newgrosh, to Stephen Cox, and to Lisa Rabinowitz. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon.
1: Sports
2: Social Podcast Network.